Back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. I'm recording this show earlier. I don't normally tell that. I don't think. Maybe I do. But news is moving so fast right now, and and really in a very tragic way. Uh, I'm sorry, actually. My schedule is such that uh, before I hit the road, I had to go ahead and get a couple of episodes done. And with everything that's going on right now, uh, as I record this on Monday, uh, between... Uh, Israel and the Palestinians, Hamas in particular. And and the reason, I, I don't normally really mind. A lot of times I do kind of conceptual shows anyway that are a little evergreen. They don't rely. I, I talk a lot about the fact that I don't do every nuanced piece of the political theater. I'm really more of a, I guess you'd call me maybe like a societal critic, <laughs> a critic of the system. And that is certainly evergreen, but this is fast moving. And and as I record this, this is a frightening one. Uh, you know, last week I had a, I did a couple of financial shows, and I'm telling you, the the weekend before those shows, I was reading headlines and seeing the way things were lining up in the credit markets, in the bond market, with the debt, with the spending. And I really just got this uneasy feeling. I mean, I know this stuff is coming, and still, even though I know what's coming, and I know what causes it, it doesn't mean I'm prepared or want to see myself, my children, or any of you go through what I feel like is coming. With the financial stuff, though, not necessarily a whole lot of violence about it. I mean, I would make the argument a lot of the violence you see around the country right now is rooted in financial issues. People are just kind of pushed to the brink. And really, that's a lot of what you're seeing in the Middle East as well. And you have for decades. It's never told to you that way. It's always given to you as a good guy versus a bad guy. But but at least, you know, with the financial stuff, there's not a lot of violence. There's sadness. People will lose some things. But it's just a necessary cleansing of excess when it comes to our financial health. It doesn't even have to affect our physical health. So that's one level of unease. What I'm seeing in the Middle East right now as I record this show, and by the time you hear this, God help us where it takes us from there, because the the things that are lining up now, and again, these may have already happened by the time you hear this, but uh, Jordan, Hezbollah may get involved in this. The neocons have got their uh, uh, the crosshairs on Iran, finally getting that war. More on that in just a second. And so uh, it's concerning. This is actually more frightening to me as far as a real large-scale conflict than the Ukraine issue was. And isn't it interesting? Is it just me? Here's my segment again. Is it just me 
Or is it interesting that right after, really, we finally rebuke at least a little bit of the spending towards Ukraine, a lot of people in Europe are done with this Ukraine issue. They're the ones really suffering financially uh, as the, the Western countries, NATO countries, cut themselves off from Russian supplies. They've seen tremendous inflation, horrible energy prices. They're heading into another winter that might be cold this year. And it's kind of interesting, as people, the, the, uh, we just had the salute, the round of applause, the standing ovation for the Nazi in the Canadian parliament that a lot of people went, hey, wait a second, who are, wait, there are Nazis in Ukraine? You know what I mean? The, the, the bloom is coming off the rose when it comes to Ukraine, and luckily enough, if you bought the defense contractor's stock, as I see uh, on Monday, they're doing just swimmingly today. We have a new boogeyman and something to take us to another level of war. And this could be a biggie. And one of the reasons is, I don't want you to forget this either. Well, I, I won't say forget, because for a lot of people, they don't even really notice this stuff or don't know these things. But American foreign policy has pushed who together? It's pushed Russia and China and Iran together. The psychopaths in Washington, D.C., through foreign policy, have rattled sabers with Iran, with Russia, with China, and now they're throwing North Korea in there, too. North Korea has been driven into the loving arms of China, Russia, Iran. They now call this the axis of evil. It's actually the axis of resistance against U.S. imperialism is actually what it is. Now, I'm not saying they're all good characters, but that's how they formed See, they're going to tell you on the news that this is just a bunch of these twisted, horrible people. The boogeymen. The axis of evil that George W. Bush warned us about. See, we create our own axes of evil through our foreign policy here in the United States. But this has the potential to blow up into a much, much wider, much sadder, much more deadly conflict uh, in the coming days, weeks. People are talking about this in terms of months. As I said, the defense contractors are doing well. There's a lot of shopping going on for uh, vacation homes uh, with some of the big defense contractors, I'm sure. Now, I'm not going to spend the whole show on that today. I think I'm going to get into something a little bit more overarching. But, I, you know, I, I spent my show yesterday trying to put a little bit of history into what's gone on between Israel and the Palestinians for, what, 60 years, 70 years? Well, it's, all, it's coming up on almost 80 years now. And I told everybody, if you would, at least get a map. This is just an easy one. I won't make you watch a documentary. But if you can get a map and see, uh, look at the Israel and Palestinian share of the land over there and what's taken place over the past few decades, you might understand why the Palestinians aren't always real happy, cheerful people over there. I spoke yesterday about the fact that with the news media, the neocons, the warmongers, they always want to tell you the date something starts, and they want you to ignore what led up to that date. Because if you look up to that date, if you take in any history, then the good guy versus bad guy narrative really starts to fall apart. You realize that both actors have done some pretty horrific things over the years, so they don't want you paying attention to that. So I, I don't know if my show went over. <laughs> I'm actually recording this one before that one airs, so I haven't had any feedback on the first one. Might have gone over like a lead balloon. 
Because to challenge the state of Israel on conservative talk radio sometimes is like telling a COVID cultist that masks don't work and the vaccines are ineffective and harmful. Very few people are interested in learning more about an issue. This is exactly one of those where everybody pretty much immediately snapped to their side, right? Now, I'm not on the side of Hamas. I am on the side of ordinary, everyday people. I told you, this is a real populist show here in the United States and around the world, because I see the little people are always the losers. And there's always psychopaths in charge. And it is that way in uh, Middle Eastern confrontations as well. Saddam Hussein was not a good guy. Abused a lot of his people. So our solution to that as the good guys, right? Right? We were the good guys coming to liberate Iraq, uh, and we destroyed millions and millions of lives there. If you actually pay attention to these things, you realize the good guy versus bad guy thing, really, it just does not work out, particularly uh, when it comes to foreign policy. But while I don't know how my show was received, I've already heard from some people who are regular listeners to this show that probably knew I was not going to be down with the, oh, we need to support Israel with everything we've got. We already do that. Uh, and so I've already heard from some people, but it was very interesting uh, the, the more I've looked at it, there's a lot more people that are questioning how the Mossad, which is probably known to be the most capable intelligence service in the world, I mean, they were successful, along with probably with our CIA, of running a child sex trafficking ring among the elites for over 25 years. But they just didn't know that on the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, that there were troops, Hamas troops, mobilized and coming across the land, the sea, and through the air. They missed that one, strangely enough. So the parallels are very similar uh, to 9-11. But I know some people, you know, some people are already on board with me. Many people may be repulsed by the idea that I do not just lock, stock, and barrel, call out this atrocity, and throw all of my support behind the nation of Israel. Because I know what Israel has done to the Palestinian people, just like I know what Ukraine did to ethnic Russians in eastern Ukraine. I understand why Russia came into Ukraine. I don't condone it. It's led to a lot of death. But I understand they felt like their backs were against the wall, and they decided they just needed to act now before it got any further across the red lines that they had been painting for 30 years. And the Palestinians, absolutely horrific attacks, but it's the same situation. These are desperate, desperate people put into a desperate spot by U.S. foreign policy, the nation of Israel, and other bad players uh, in the Middle East. <laughs> but then I see that, that AOC, AOC and the squad were attending a rally for the Palestinians, and I go, well, that's not helping anything. <laughs> that's not helping anything. So people will, I guess, believe that I'm a Democrat or something. Because it's, it's hard to get people to see the truth, but particularly when the other side, some of the most noteworthy people on the other side are kind of on the same side of the issue with me, the simpletons among us will immediately say, see, he's, he's carrying water for, for AOC and the left. You know, the sad thing is, to all of you Republicans out there, before the Democrats just lost their ever-loving minds about 10, 12 years ago, whenever the change really happened, well, I'll tell you when the change happened, right after the financial crisis. The banks and the corporations didn't want you to see the crimes that they had committed. They didn't want to be held accountable for that, so they just changed the subject. 
turned it into a bunch of wokeness. It was the corporations leading it. It was the government leading it. It was the big banks leading the woke revolution, if you don't notice. And it was because they a lot of people on the left were out in the streets about people getting kicked out of their homes after they saw Wall Street commit crimes. So Wall Street does what Wall Street did. It just changes the subject. And it unleashed a hell of a subject on it, didn't it? But anyway, before the Democrats lost their ever-loving mind, I hate to tell you, Republicans, but the left was much better on issues of war and foreign policy than the right. They, they were the anti-war people out there that the conservatives, including myself in the 1990s until I woke up in the early 2000s, we looked down our nose at them like dirty hippies, like pacifists. How dare they not root for the death and mayhem and the strength of the U.S. military that can crush any country that we want. They were actually right at the time I was wrong, so I changed my mind. So I'm not a fellow traveler with AOC and much of anything else, but if they are at least highlighting the fact that the Palestinians have been abused over the years, then I think that's worth at least paying a little bit of attention to. But the two-partisan, the two-party stuff will prohibit a lot of Republicans from ever saying anything out loud around polite company, that they may actually agree with some Democrats on something when it comes to the treatment uh, of the Palestinians. So this is, uh, this is kind of where we find ourselves. But I, I did want to play this. I tell you what, I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll come back because, boy, you are about to fall for something that's been telegraphed at you for about 20 years, 20 years. And unfortunately, what I'm seeing is conservative radio leading the charge in this. I'm not talking about WYAB. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of independent thinkers, at least the local hosts here, not quite so quick to jump in there with uh, conservative ink on this idea that we need to level all of Palestine, or the Palestinian people, kill them all. I haven't heard a lot about that, but uh, we'll see. But you were about to fall for just, man, this, this is just going to be so sad to see. So sad to see. And as I said yesterday, I so much appreciated my year, year and a half that I had with many of my Republican and conservative friends as we all caught on to the scam of war at the same time when it came to Ukraine. Now, for many of you, that's lost the same way it was going to be lost if it had been China making motions towards Taiwan. I knew the anti-war movement on the right was only about an inch deep. It was a mile wide when it came to Ukraine, but only about an inch deep. I've said many, many times, so many people still want the Iran war. They still want the China war. Those are the real enemies, Mike. Biden's got us over there with Ukraine, but these are the real ones. We really need to fight these wars. Well, I think you're about to get it. We'll get to that when we come back. Stick around. All right, so I was really hoping that I would never have to play this clip again. I've probably played it a dozen times over the six years that I've been on the radio. But it's, uh, it's back with a vengeance. Now, people, people catch on to the neocons or seem to have caught on to the neocons. Lindsey Graham, not quite so popular. Even John McCain, not quite so popular as he once was among a lot of the conservatives that I know. 
but I believe that those warmongers are about to take center stage again, and they are going to be facilitated by a rabid audience of Mark Levin and Ben Shapiro listeners. No offense to those of you who listen to them, but understand that they are they are really Israel-first people. Look, those guys make a lot of good points, and there are certainly unacceptable bad behavior by people in the Muslim world and Hamas and Hezbollah, those kinds of, but they leave out, it's just, this is my problem. They leave out all the rest of the stuff. You're not going to tune into the Ben Shapiro show and hear about the shoot, uh, the, the shooting and killing of a mother and her two children who got too close to the wall in Israel. That happens quite often. You're not going to hear the stories of a new settlement opened up where a bunch of Palestinians came home from work and found their homes were occupied by uh, Israeli families. And their, their furniture was on the lawn if it was even put out there. And they're just told, tough luck, go find somewhere else to live. So they'll leave that stuff out and lead you to war. So I played this clip for you once again. This was a clip taking us all the way back to the Wesley Clark Seven Nations uh, speech that he gave. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz, I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you got to come in. you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> He said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. There you go, finishing off Iran. Now they're behind schedule, but you got to you got to admire their stick to itiveness. And this event, again, I will just point out the very weird, the very weird circumstances that are one of the most, if not the most, capable intelligence service in the world, the Israeli Mossad, along with all the Western intelligence that supports that country. All of these intelligence agencies just didn't happen to notice on the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, they didn't happen to notice Hamas building forces along the land, sea, and air. They just snuck past them. Who could have seen this coming? It sounds a lot to me like we could never have imagined someone hijacking a plane and flying it into a building. News came out uh, today. Uh, this is Monday again. This uh, news came out today that Egypt said, you know, we, we called Israel and told them, hey, something big is brewing. 
is Israel was not very interested in getting that news. They just ignored it. Huh. That's weird, isn't it? What a shame. What a catastrophe. It is for all the innocent people that are dying now, that have died since this started and will die in the coming days, weeks, months, years. But it's very interesting. They had a heads up, much like the United States had a heads up before 9-11, yet it still happened. They were caught off guard in a, air quotes here in the studio, unprovoked attack. Now, what I'll ask you for the listeners, just, just one question. You have seen the mainstream media lie to you endlessly about Putin, Russia, Russia Gate, about Ukraine, not to mention Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, Syria, Yemen. But now, strangely enough, you, you believe they're telling you the truth about Israel and the Palestinian people and Iran. You, you think they're telling the truth about this one. They lied to us about COVID. They lied to us about the vaccines. They lied to us about Vietnam. They lied to us about Assad gassing his own people. They lied to us about all these things. But, but you know, they know what they're talking about when it comes to Iran and, uh, and Hamas. They, they, would, they would shoot us straight there. That, that, that's just too much for them to lie about. Do, do, you, do you believe that? See, these people know the people that are calling the shots, I refer to them as the psychopaths or the parasites, they know that the Western financial system is on its knees right now. It seems to be at a bit of a tipping point. And many of you and our children are about to experience some pain. Now, if you understand how to play it, you'll do better than most. Most don't know. Most don't care. They're not interested. They'll just wait until it happens, and then they'll let the government tell, tell them, we'll come fix it. And they'll believe it again. But the elites, they need something because this, this financial crisis we're going to go through, and really we've been going through it in fits and starts for decades now, they're going to need to really distract you from that because you need to rally around the flag now. Now's not the time to point fingers, Mike, about who robbed who and who created the greatest wealth transfer in the history of mankind over the past 20 years. It's not time for that, Mike. It's time for us all to rally around the flag, support our commander-in-chief, and go over there and fight the bad guys, fight the evil. And as I said, you know, the, the Ukraine stuff's just not working out for World War III the greatest distraction they could possibly come up with. Now, I don't know. I don't know who listens to this show. I, I really don't. I hear from a lot of you. I appreciate it. Love the people that have been with me for a long time or anybody who's new. So I, I'm not sure exactly who listens to this show. But the vast majority of people that I hear from, the vast majority of people that I interact with, were not down with Ukraine. They're not down with World War III. They're not down with the—we were losing interest in that. Now we've really got that thing to, to rally around, right? I just ask you, all of the people that you thought were so dishonest on Friday—what was that, uh, October 5th? Do you believe Saturday morning they woke up as honest and pure as the driven snow? You know, Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, he was in a great deal of political trouble on October 5th and the 4th and the 3rd and the 2nd and the 1st and in September and August and Jan uh, July. 
Yeah, that's right. The 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 head of the 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 shop over there, Benjamin Netanyahu. A lot of uh, charges of a, a lot of corruption, things like this. This will solve that too. And he was warned, again, they were warned, the Israeli government was warned that Hamas was up to something, and they just weren't interested in the forewarning. But this may save the political career of Benjamin Netanyahu, who is a thug, by the way. He doesn't care about the United States except for the checks that we flow into him. So anyway, we'll just see. I hope my shows next week are not really dark and sad. But I, I almost can't envision another way. There's going to be a lot of tragedy. There's going to be a lot of tragedy. Now, for a lot of people who believe that all the Palestinians, because they know none of the history, they have no earthly idea, they've never seen the other side of the issue, because the media is not going to show it to you. Does it not make you the least bit suspicious if the media doesn't tell you that two million Palestinians have been corralled into a walled-off open-air concentration camp? It's true. You can go look it up. It's out there. The whole world pretty much knows about it. The, the Arab world knows about it. The Russians know about it. Vladimir Putin knows about it. You can know about it, too, if you're interested. Does it strike you as odd that the media doesn't cover that and doesn't say, well, you know, this was kind of inevitable? I mean, when you push a people so far, and I talked about this yesterday, the right in this country feels like they're getting backed into a corner. How will you lash out? singing a lot of uh, songs around a campfire, holding hands, just peacefully protesting. Is that where you feel like this is going? If the Biden administration leads into a Michelle Obama or a Hillary Clinton administration and they keep turning the screws on conservatives and they censor you more and they lock more of you up, and now throw on top of that, they start dictating how much food you can have. They actually stop you. You can't travel wherever you want to go. They, they're in charge of that. They can cut off your gas and your electricity at any point. They kill a few of the protesters, including women and children. Then how would you react? Because those kinds of things have been actually happening to the Palestinians. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if in Madison County you went off to your job at the bank or the bakery or wherever you work and you came home that day and there was another family that just came in and said, hey, this house is ours now. And you went, the hell it is. I've been paying my mortgage. And they go, we don't care. We've got the army. Your stuff's on the lawn. Get out. Find somewhere else to live. Because that's what's been happening to the Palestinians. If you don't believe that, again, there's, there's news stories from around the world, not here on American media. Not going to see it there on American alternative media. There's people that have gone over there and covered these things. Great documentaries on it. NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, Fox, MSNBC. No, they don't show you those things, but they're occurring. So anyway, I'm going to get into a little bit longer clip. As long as I'm kind of possibly tiptoeing into some pretty unpopular stuff. <laughs> I'm going to play it. What I think is a kind of a thought provoking clip. And, and I'll, I will address before I start the clip what I think people will take away from it initially, maybe the what, charges that they will level at me. And it doesn't have to do necessarily with the Palestinian-Israeli issue. It's something a little more overarching than that. But I think I try to do things that are, I think, thought-provoking. I want people, you know, the way that I woke up was I saw things that people presented to me and I went, huh, that's weird. Or, huh, I heard something and I said, I've never thought about it that way before. That's kind of true. That's how I woke up. That's the goal of this whole show. 
We'll get to that when we come back. Stick around. We are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. One of the charges that uh, people like me, you know, I really haven't gotten this much to my face since I've been uh, on the radio here. But but a lot of people, I know the rhetoric, things that I talk about, there can be charges of you're anti-American. This is a clever, clever uh, propaganda tool. It's much like if you don't believe that JFK was killed by a lone gunman shooting from a direction that was not was not supported by the direction of his head. Anyway, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist. The the charge of anti-Americanism. And and when I really woke up in the early 2000s and realized what our foreign policy had wrought around the world, how dangerous it was, not only for the innocent people who had died, but how how much more unstable it made us. It's been bankrupting financially. It's not made us safer. It's actually created enemies where there shouldn't have been any. We're a big customer. You know how a lot of people don't treat their best customers really poorly. They'll kind of bend over backwards for them. We could have had that. Instead, we've elected psychopaths uh, to try to boss the world around. We've created a lot of enemies. But people will say that's anti-American. And one of the things that after I woke up, I took a lot of exception to, and this is another kind of a right-wing thought process, at least this is where I hear it, is from people on the right. They say, we don't apologize. Now, I'm not a leftist, and going around, you know, if Obama goes on an apology tour, what he'll do is apologize for things that actually didn't happen, right? You know, or things that where he wants to make American capitalism look bad, something along those lines. But but I am not one of these people that don't think America should apologize. I think we should elect an entirely new government, one based on Thomas Jefferson's peace and commerce among all nations, entangling alliances with none. And one of the first things we should do is go, hey, look, we were hijacked by a bunch of psychopaths. We really do apologize. We're going to try to be the best trading partner you've ever seen. Fair. We just want to trade with people and live on a peaceful planet. We're sorry that we elected the likes of, and then we could name off the last, you know, six or seven presidents. I believe that that's, you know, when you're wrong, you're wrong. When you've got a government who the Secretary of State brags and says, well, yeah, it was totally worth it when 500,000 Iraqi children died because of our sanctions in the 1990s, I think you need to apologize for that. That's 500,000 dead children. But it, it is not it is Western civilization, not just the US, but I'm an American and I love the United States and I want to save it. Europe can take care of itself. But I'm gonna play this clip that I found kind of interesting. And and I believe people might I'm gonna kind of disagree with some of the what this guy says, but I thought it was kind of thought provoking, and I'll talk about it on the other side. Some people may hear this and, and even I heard it a little bit like this, like it was uh I, see, the thing is, I don't know who this guy is. There's no, uh, there's no attribution to who this guy is, wh- what group he comes from. I just thought what he said sounded interesting. And in context of what we've got going on right now in the Middle East, I was going to play this before that, but I think it applies to that as well. 
as I say, I just thought it was kind of interesting. It almost feels like it could come from a, it could, could be coming from a socialist or somebody far left. It could just be coming from an anti-war person. I don't know. But I'll, I'll play this clip. It's a little long, then I'll probably have to take a break and I'll come back and kind of, kind of pick it apart a little bit. As I say, it's thought-provoking to me, talking about Western civilization. Now, we know who has led the charge towards World War III for the past year and a half? Western civilization. Who inoculated all of their people, forced them, forced them to get these shots? It wasn't Africa. It wasn't even South America. It was Western civilizations. I've been talking about this now for a few years as I watched all the Western, you know, the advanced, the shiny, successful countries. I watched them lose their ever-loving mind, and I said, what has happened? It was Australia and Canada and the U.S. and Great Britain and Germany. These Western cultures suddenly just lost their mind. They are the tools of the globalists. There are countries now that we would have thought were were backwater swamps that are resisting globalism, and we in Western civilization are ensconced in it. We're pretty much already captured in it. So this guy has a critique of Western civilization that I thought at the very least was a little thought-provoking. You're good at making things, but you've never really figured out how to, how to make things without also harming people. You've never really figured out how to be humane and decent in the process of production. But according to your value system, it's worth it. The untold human suffering behind your technological achievements and advancement uh, is all worth it to you, you know, for the sake of fancy devices and for the sake of entirely unnecessary conveniences and comforts. Conveniences and comforts which we already know are actually uh, contributing to the deterioration of people's skills, of their attention spans, of their memory, of their intelligence. So, so I guess I'm going to stop this and talk so I can parse it out a little bit. It, it is interesting. When you think about it, you know, he says, you're really good at these advancements, but you think there's a lot of misery around them. Now, I am a huge free market capitalist guy. And I don't like the way capitalism is used. You know, Smedley Butler, who we've quoted here often, he was the most decorated Marine back in the 1930s. He he came out and said he did the piece War is a Racket. And if you haven't read it, you should. It's a short read. It's a pamphlet, basically. But he said he was a gangster for capitalism. See, we built a lot of this shiny stuff, but we used the government here. The government used the military, our financial might, to abuse other people to give us some of these advantages. Now, that's not you and me. That's not hating the United States. Thomas Jefferson didn't do it. Other people didn't do it on the founding of this country, this great exercise, this great experiment in freedom. But modern modern presidents, our modern government in the 1900s, absolutely used our new military might to go around and bully people and steal resources and those kinds of things. I know. You're so anti-American. It's just true. It's just true. I mean, Smedley Butler was the most decorated Marine back in the 1930s. He wasn't a pacifist. He wasn't an anti-war guy until he saw the wars himself and said, oh my gosh, what have I done? But he also brings up this very good point about the fact that we've got all these great gadgets and everything now, and they're actually destroying us. Even their health and their character. So what's it all for? What are you bragging about? Well, the defense will be, you know, this is the this is the classic one. Everyone wants to immigrate to the West. 
if it was so bad, why would everyone want to come to the West? You know, why would they want to leave if it wasn't better than in their home countries? Yeah, sure. You burned and looted all the houses on the block and now everybody wants to come and stay at your house. It's really a mystery, isn't it? It must be because your house is so nice. Look, in order to make your countries uh, prosperous and comfortable, you had to make living conditions everywhere else unlivable. Now, what I, that's so true. I've talked a lot about immigration. The Democrats pull it in, right, with a bunch of social services, giveaways, and leaving the border open. The conservatives actually do the pushing. They go out and wreck country after country. Europe has been decimated by immigration from Middle Eastern countries that have been just destroyed by the wars there. And it's exactly right. We, Our government, it's not us. I need to quit saying we. It's not me. It's not you. It's the psychopaths that we elect with all their flowery language about how much they love us and they're going to take care of us and they're going to make sure America's foam finger number one. But what they've actually done is they have created... See, the rest of the world sees this. This guy is not from the United States, obviously. Obviously, I don't think he's from any Western country, but he's an observer, and the world has seen this. i got to take a quick break, and then I'll come back and finish this up. I, I just think it, I thought it was very interesting. Western civilization itself, look, I'm, I'm not... you know, I, I know what pe how people will take this. It's difficult to combat without being able to have a back and forth with people. I can imagine the charges in people's heads. I'm just saying this is something to think about. Western civilization's gone off course. I guess that's my the gist of what I'm trying to say. I'll finish it up when we come back. Stick around. So dark you can't see the end. Skies cocked back. Shock at which can't defend. The rain then sends dripping. Acidic questions. Forcefully. The power of suggestion. Then with the eyes shut. Looking through the rust and rotten dust. A small spot of light floods the floor. And pours over the rusted world of pretend. And the eyes ease open. And it's dark again. From the top to the bottom. And the top I stop. At the core I forgot All right, final segment for the day. I'm not going to have time to really get into this like I wanted to originally, but I've already started it. I don't like to go back and edit my shows as I'm recording them. Maybe I should. <laughs> Maybe there's many times I should have gone back and done it, but I, I want it to be like I'm in the studio. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'm going to let it fly out there. Uh, Western civilization, the United States, that we have some level of control, or we should have some level of control over. It didn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way in the Middle East. It hasn't had to be this way in the Middle East or with Ukraine or any of these ways. You just have got, people have got to understand that the people who lead this country, they do not serve you and me. They don't care about humanity. They don't care whether it's here or abroad. That's not their concern. They serve interests who do profit off of suffering. It's the same in Germany, it's the same in France, it's the same in Great Britain, it's the same in Australia. Western civilization, not just the United States, Western civilization has been captured by big money interests who do exploit us and people around the world. That's not a left-wing view. That's a populist view. And what this guy is pointing out, I got any time to play anymore. I mean, what he's pointing out is this this idea of Western civilization bragging that we're the best. Just look at the last few years with COVID. We were the worst in the world on COVID. The Western civilization. Let me see if I can get any more of this in. To the West to escape the deprivation and violence caused by the West uh, is not a very good defense of Western civilization. It turns out that like pretty much every defense that you give uh, actually just turns out to be another indictment against you. 
But look, there's no reason to be defensive. I'm not calling you names. I'm not defaming you. I'm not even against you, really. You have been devastatingly misled about your civilization. And your civilization has, by design, not equipped you to ever rehabilitate it. You have had cognitive dissonance inflicted on you since childhood. Well, that's about all the time I've got for that today, but can't argue with that. We've been propagandized to and lied to, manipulated. It's happening right now with this stuff in the Middle East. And I've broken down to you why and how. It just is happening. Don't fall for it. That's the first thing. The first step is to stop buying all the propaganda that we need to exercise more of our might. If we just get a little bit tougher, that has not worked for us. It's not going to work for us going forward. I may bring this guy back, play this clip later, but that's all the time I got today. Have a great weekend. Pray for peace around the world. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. No, you.